Welcome to The Favorites. I'm Chad Millman of the Action Network, and this is the Parlay Show. Sunday Night Football is on. The second week of college football is done. The first week of the NFL is in the books. I'm with Jeff Schwartz of the Action Network, Paula Duca of the Action Network, and we're going to give you your first look at how to gamble in the week ahead. Paulie, what's going on, brother? How you doing, Chad? I'm good. Jeff, how are you today? Fantastic. It was uh, it was an odd day of football today. Longest game ever with a four-hour rain delay and the most football god version of Cleveland Brown football we could ever ask for. That was stunning, and we're going to get to all of it. Here's how we're going to do the show. Coming up quickly, we're going to recap how we did this past week. Like, what really happened to our plays on Saturday and Sunday? Most importantly, we're going to look ahead. And the goal of this show is to lay out each of our three favorite bets for this upcoming week. They can literally be on anything. Spread, money line, NFL, WNBA, MLB, futures, props, whatever. At the end of this show, we're going to have a nine-team parlay that we are going to put together. We're all going to put some money in. It's going to be 20 bucks a piece. The payout's going to be $19,000 if we win our nine-team parlay. Oh, boy. There's so much promise in this premise. And having done the test shows that we've done a few times now, all I know for sure is that Jeff... You and I thought Leduca was bringing trash. And if we were listening to Leduca, we'd be undefeated. Because Leduca was all <laughs> over the Ravens. He was. This week. All over the Ravens. And his college football takes have been ridiculous. He was, like, he was all over like... He loved... Who was it a couple weeks ago he loved? He loved like... Hold on, I'm dropping uh, the mic over here. He, he, loved UC, he loved University of Central Florida in the first game against UConn in the first week. He the, loved yeah. like... Tulane, Wake, and the under. Like, I don't even know where he's pulling these things out of, but if we were listening to Leduca instead of sort of going into our analytics crap holes, you can tell what kind of day I had. He'd probably, we'd probably <laughs> well, all be better off. I, I will say I, I tailed a lot of Paul's picks, which was great. I had a great college football weekend. My pro weekend was, was meh as of right now. Hopefully the Packers and, and the over can do really well in the Sunday football game. But... Paul has been on fire with his picks on this parlay. And that, that Ravens game today was amazing because I, I could never have imagined the Ravens would cover the over by themselves in a football game in 2018. Well, neither could I, mainly because I only bet the under after you said you got to bet the under in this game. And you know what else I bet this weekend? After I had said on the radio in Columbus – that I was going to bet uh, UCLA plus 30, you texted me. And they said on the air, they're like, you know, Jeff Schwartz really likes Oklahoma in this game. I'm like, he's crazy. That's too many points. So I texted you, and you're like, Oklahoma's going to kill them in this game. So I decided to put money down on Oklahoma, and they didn't cover. They did not. A late, a late backdoor cover um, by, uh, by UCLA. I was 13-3 and three this weekend for college football, by the way. So we, we can talk yeah. about all the ones I lost, but I also had a great weekend outside of the ones I gave up on the podcast. See, all you guys you know are what? talking over here, and I, meanwhile, you, you guys I was going to say, me. you and I are doing all the talking, and Leduca is doing all the winning. Well, no, well, here's the thing. I said Baltimore, and you guys convinced me so much to play the under, 
I bet the under. I didn't even bet Baltimore because of you two guys. Oh well, I did bet well, the Ra- I did bet the Ravens at minus seven. I Paul, you bet you. the Ravens anyways. Yeah. I did, but I didn't what? use them in any place what? that matters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't use them in like the super contest. I went on Sports Center this morning, and I didn't use the Ravens there. Uh, I could use them. Here's here's what I think. I want to quickly recap. These are like the themes that I'm taking away from the day, and then we're going to get into um, the parlay meat of the show, the parlay party. Number one, this new roughing the passer rule, where you can't sort of throw your body weight onto the quarterback, is going to kill somebody this year. And I don't mean a quarterback. I mean a better. Like people are going to go insane on this particular penalty because it's going to happen. It happened like three or four times today, and every single time it was integral to sort of swinging a game and the direction and momentum it was going for a a better. Jeff, you're going to Yeah, it's going to be – this is the Aaron Rodgers rule essentially, right? We don't want to get quarterbacks and their collarbones uh, banged up. And I understand the spirit of the rule, except it's very hard to enforce. I can't imagine telling a a defensive player – to go full speed, try to tackle a quarterback, but do it very gently. I guess what they want the guys to do, and we've seen it a couple times today, is when you go to tackle the quarterback, you have to either roll to a side as you tackle him, or you have to like put your hands out. Like you have to do something to not just pull your full weight. They don't want your two feet off the ground lifting and driving the quarterback in the ground. And and I agree. You know, everyone was worried about the helmet rule, and it was fine today. There were barely anyone. You know, the guy got ejected. He should have been ejected. That, that's the hit they want out of the game. Um, but the other stuff, um, that that that's you're right, Chad. It's been painful to watch today, and I hope that um, they look at what they've you know they what rule they have in place and try to fix it. Paul, listen, I, I said before. I got to give Jeff credit because he was right on the helmet rule that they would stop calling it as much as they were calling it during the preseason. Same thing they would do in baseball. When they tried to speed up the game, they would make a stay in the box during spring training, and then during the season, it didn't happen. But you're right. I mean, and a lot of them are crucial calls when they're getting called, and they're always a quarterback. You never get see it get called when a wide receiver gets driven to the ground or a quarterback gets driven to the ground. Well, it's always the uh, or a running back. It's always the quarterback is the issue. And you know, it had it extended four four or five drives, key yeah. drives on third downs too, not first downs. Well, it is, it's only for the quarterback, the rule. And secondly, it's typically is going to be on third down because that's the time you rush the yeah. pass through the best. And that's when quarterbacks hold the ball a little bit longer and you're blitzing and all this stuff. So that's the worst part about this. And Chad's right. You might see more scoring because of this rule because first down, you know, there's a third and 15 is becoming a first down because of this rule. All right. Let's get on to the parlay party, okay? Um, Jeff, you can go first. As you look at the week ahead... What is catching your eye right now? Well, I'm going back to the well with the Giants. They're they're plus three against Dallas right now. It actually opened at three and a half. It's already been been bet down to to, to plus three. So the Giants today I thought looked looked pretty solid on defense, especially which which I thought they would if if you read the trench report on ActionNetwork.com. Uh, I had the the under in that game. Their their defensive line is no joke. And when they played the Cowboys the last two years um, with that defensive line, they have shut down Ezekiel Elliott, and they will do it again. 
this weekend. And offensively, I thought Eli looked good. There were too many drop passes for the Giants wide receivers. Saquon Barkley had that huge touchdown run. And Dallas was embarrassing today. They look like they have no plan again. Um, they look out of whack. Offensive line didn't play very well. Dak looked lost. No wide receivers. Dan Bailey got cut, and, and the rookie kicker comes in and, and misses a kick. So uh, a rivalry game here. I like the Giants plus three. It's always tough, Cowboys and, and Giants, no? They've been close. I mean, when we played yeah. them, when I was there, we lost by one point in Dallas. We lost by, I think, I think they lost by three last year in Dallas. Um, the game has typically become close because they are rivals. They play so, and they play so much w- with each other. I, I mean, I, I like, listen, what Bark, Barkley showed us today what we thought he was, right? Sort of the real deal, sort of the game breaker that they have. Eli, um, he missed Beckham one time in the end zone for a big touchdown. Um, and a couple other throws. They still have some issues up front. Um, but Dallas, God, they were awful today. And I just don't know if they have any real options. Is Cole Beasley really your option, your number one option? I, I, could, I, I could jive with this pick, Chad. The Giants really broke my heart today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that missed two-point conversion. Don't by hold six, grudges, by Chad. Six, by six inches. That was like six inches to get a two-point conversion. I knew when they missed they that, that really, was going to cost us. They really broke my heart in so <laughs> many ways today. Like, I wanted to marry this pick. I was so all over the Giants at plus four. I think I doubled down on them, like, <laughs> at plus three and a half. Like, I was so... I was so deep in love with what the Giants were going to do and the fact that I thought the Jags were overrated. And the Jags did not look good offensively at all. Blake Bortles looked horrible. Uh, Leonard Fournette left the game with a hamstring injury. And, but on defense, they were just – they were fierce. Like, they were amazing. And so I've just got to take into account that Odell drew a few penalties on Jalen Ramsey – and they even made some great plays and ran some great routes. Saquon Barkley was everything we thought he would be. Um, there were a couple drop passes, like there were a couple key drop passes, especially late in the game for Eli, that I thought really, really hurt the Giants. So I'm going to go with you, Jeff. I'm going to double down on the Giants again, and I will go <laughs> Giants plus three. I will not throw a challenge flag on this pick. Off to a good we're start. In. We got one of our 19 parlay. Polly. By the way, Chad, two negatives do make it positive. And anybody that says root over route, uh, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> Missouri is at Purdue. Okay. Minus seven. Now, Purdue has played two games. They've lost both of them at home. They lost to Northwestern, who put up 31 on them in the first half. Okay. Northwestern proceeded to score seven points against Duke. Okay. Did they bounce back? No, they were 15-point favorite against Eastern Michigan and lost outright. The Eastern Michigan quarterback, Tyler Wiggers, threw for 312 yards. Now they got to face a quarterback in Drew Locke, who's now thrown eight TDs, no interceptions. He threw out for 398 yards against Wyoming. Okay? Now, Eastern Michigan, who did beat Purdue, is a four-point underdog against Buffalo. Who beat Temple? Temple lost to Villanova. Are we still on basketball? Is this basketball or are we talking about football here? <laughs> Missouri is going to blow out Purdue. Purdue is awful. But Missouri minus seven. I, we might be talking about football, but like you totally lost me. We went from Missouri to Purdue to Eastern Michigan to Villanova to Temple. I agree with everything you said. Uh, 
I was all over Eastern Michigan this weekend at minus, at plus 16 and a half. That was one of the games where I was watching win probability in the Action Network app, and I'm like, oh, this feels good. This feels so good. And then today, when I was watching Tennessee, I'm like, this is painful. Like, this really, <laughs> really hurts. Um, but I love this pick. It's a great pick. Jeff Schwartz, what do you think of this pick? It's a fantastic pick. I took Missouri against Wyoming. They they covered no problem. I took them to win the second half in that game as well. They covered that. Uh, Missouri, you get an SEC team going to play a, a, a Big Ten team. SEC team's got a lot of speed. And, and you got Drew Locke, who's probably behind Herbert and Will Greer, mm-hmm. the third quarterback right now. Um, so I love this pick, Paul. Drew Locke is coming out of nowhere to me. Like, I don't think I heard his name more than five times heading into the season. And since the season started, I feel like I hear his name every single weekend. I think Missouri is pretty legit. And, you know, Wyoming had a game on them, too, three games. In, and I know Wyoming lost early in the season in a tough game, but they're okay, Wyoming. And, and Missouri just buried them from the bell. And Vegas is going to start giving them love, but I think Missouri's better than people think. All right. Guess what? You're we up. got two picks. We got two picks in our, in our 19 parlay. Here is my pick. Okay, here we go. I am going to take... Hold on. Let me pull up my... Uh, oh, my God. Hold on. Let me pull up. What, what, you have it on your your Kindle? I have it in the app. I don't, I don't I see Chad being a Kindle Network guy. I feel like app. he's being like, a, like an actual notebook guy. What's going yeah, on here? exactly. You know what? You know what? Jeff, Jeff knows me. Jeff understands who I am deep down. No, 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 no. The notebook is his favorite movie, Jeff. He doesn't have a notebook. Notebook is a... I actually never seen See? <laughs> see, Paul knows me. Paul knows me deep down. He understands who I am. The Notebook's a really good movie. Is is that like your is that like your one your like one um, guilty pleasure movie? No, I would say that uh, my guilty pleasure movie is The American President. I will watch it any time of day, any time it's on. Uh, you name it, I'm going to watch it. Oh come on, Clueless. Devil Clueless is also pretty great. Prada. Wow, oh God, that's so good too. It's a good movie, short. That you know what? That was just on like two weeks ago, and it locked me in. I was like done for about an hour and a half, <laughs> standing up, standing up in my kitchen, watching it on television. Like I was doing the dishes, and like I just like turned it on in the kitchen and just stood in front of the television with my elbows propped up on the counter for the next ninety minutes. <laughs> I didn't move. Just one of those incredible stares. It's amazing. Yeah. It All right, is the radio host I am, Chad? Get you're up, you're up. Get back on. Let, right, let's do it's it. It's time to talk about football. This game is interesting to me. BYU and Wisconsin. BYU is at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a 23 point favorite. There's a couple reasons why I like BYU plus 23 in this game. Okay, number one, first and foremost, Colin Wilson, who is our college football expert at Action Network, he's amazing. He puts out uh, early in the morning on Sundays what he thinks the lines should be. And he thought this line should be Wisconsin by 16 and a half. So basically what I'm seeing is that I'm getting seven and a half points based on Colin Wilson's line in this game. So I like that. I like being in that position, number one. Um, number two, I, I fundamentally think Wisconsin has become a public team and that bookmakers are always going to shade Wisconsin to be a little bit higher than they probably should be. So even if say Collins wrong and they're powered in this game at Wisconsin 20, 21, three touchdown favorite. I think they're uh, overinflating the line. Number three, who do we think BYU is right now? 
is BYU the team that beat up in Arizona when everyone thought Arizona might be good? Are they the team that lost to Cal this past weekend, traveling to Cal? Is Cal, talking about sort of the transitive property that Pauly was just doing, like, is Cal better than people think because yes, they beat they, UNC they and then they beat BYU? So are we getting discounted because Cal actually might be pretty good and BYU should have been losing to that team instead of being a road favorite in that game? So I'm going with BYU plus 23. I'm fine with this. I, I like the under in this. I know college totals aren't really out yet at the time of of, of recording, but um, I'm I'm with you on this game. I thought BYU played well in their in their first game when they beat Arizona, but now we know Arizona might not be as good as we thought. Um, close game against Cal this weekend. Cal is better than people give them credit for. They're now two zero. Um, it just feels like Wisconsin. Because of Jonathan Taylor might be the Heisman favorite because they return a lot of starters. They have a very senior-laden uh, unit, best offensive line probably in the nation, senior quarterback that they're getting a lot of love, but they haven't really shown that yet. So I like the under here. I mean, I like the under here, but uh, but your plus BYU is a good take as well. Yeah, I actually like this too. <clears throat> they sort of play the same style. So um, and if you watched the game last week when Wisconsin played New Mexico, New Mexico was in that game in the first half, and that actually had chances – uh, a couple of chances to take a two-touchdown lead. And then Wisconsin turned on the Jets, bigger, stronger team. I get it in the second half. But I think BYU might be a little bit better than New, New Mexico. And I think they can slow this game down enough where 23 points is a lot of points. And I, I think they'll be able to at least score some in here. And, and yeah, I'm with, I'm with Schwartzy. After watching some of the Pac-12 games, I think Cal's okay. So, And that was a good game. You know, it went down to the fourth quarter – um, BYU had a chance to win that game late and, and actually missed a couple field goals. So I, I, I'm not, I actually like this pick. I think Wisconsin is a tiny bit overrated. Fellas, we got three games and we got three picks. Right now we like the Giants plus three against Dallas, Missouri minus seven against Purdue, BYU plus 23 against Wisconsin. Jeff Schwartz, you're up, my friend. Yeah, you know... I I got a dilemma here in the pro game. I I the one I wanted to go with. I looked at the stats for recently, and I don't know if I can take the picks. I'm gonna go with the one I feel most comfortable with here. Um, Philly minus three at Tampa. Tampa is not very good. Today's game, when they scored 48 points against New Orleans. If you remember last year, New Orleans finished start the year 0 and two as well. I believe they started 0 and two. Now the last. Four seasons, obviously they're own one now this year or last three seasons. They they have not started the year well, so I don't think we can look at, at game one and say this is what Tampa's going to be or this is what New Orleans is going to be. Ryan Fitzpatrick had the best game of his life. He had months to prepare for this game, knowing that he'd be the starter. And Philly, look, I know I'm not high on Nick Foles, and I made that very public, and I'm still not very high on him. But they have better position players across the board than Tampa. Better offensive line, much better defensive line. They're better at tight end. They're better at running. I mean, they're better everywhere. So I just don't see how the Eagles are, are only given three points here. I don't know, man. Wow. You know what? You sound like a beaten man. What do you say, Paul? For I'm a little... you, you go first, Paul. Well, here's the yeah, crazy you part. You go ahead, Paul. Looking right in front of me, our courageous producer over here, Matt Ford. What does that say, Matt? Eagles minus three at the Bucks. Okay, the Super Bowl champions, they're still the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chad. I'm with Schwartzy on this, okay? 
Here's what I'm not going to like. They're, they're and, playing and, a way better team. Listen, they beat the Falcons, who, Chet, who Jeff loved, in, in basically a toss-up game. Again, the Falcons had a chance to win the game. But come on. You think Ryan Fitzpatrick is really into Sean Jackson and they're going to go off again on that nope, defense? Nope, nope, Here's what I think. I'm projecting, okay? Okay. Because this is what I didn't do this week, and it burned me, in that, A, I almost never, never play uh, road favorites. And I did it this week with Tennessee, and I got burned. I did it this week with Pittsburgh, and I got burned. I also almost never play teams that are getting it 80% of the action. And I feel like what we're going to get with this Eagles-Bucks game is 80% of the action coming in on a road favorite. That, to me, is like the intersection of the kiss of death. It's exactly it's exactly what you so don't want to be tell, betting on. So you're worried that Rondé Barber is going to come back and shoot off the cannon for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers opener, and that's going to inspire them. Counterpoint, getting the line right now minus three negates the line moving way up when 80% of the people uh, uh, take the Eagles. All right, so let's go with the Eagles minus three. <laughs> I put it down. Cha-ching it. Cha-ching that thing. Is it my turn? Whose turn is it? Is it Paul's, Paul's turn? I don't even know. You okay? Paul's turn. My turn? Yeah, Paulie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Another college game. New Mexico? At New Mexico State. Okay. We're going to go into Mexico. Minus six. Where's our take out the trash sound effect? Wow. Did you just call me Oscar the Grouch? I don't even give you an explanation and you already want to trash my pick? Good. Give me the explanation. Okay. New Mexico State. Three games. They scored a total of 30 points. New Mexico. Two games. They scored 62 against Incarnate Word. Which is, <laughs> oh, God. by the way, around the corner in San Antonio, Texas, through the Riverwalk, oh. you can get yourself some nice oh. margarita. Okay. Oh. Then they were in the first half, only gave up 10 points to Wisconsin halfway through the third quarter before Wisconsin <laughs> obviously took over. So now they got to play a New Mexico State team that's god awful, and they're not going to run over them. New Mexico is a way better team. And you just lay the points here, and it's night-night. You guys laughed at the Baltimore Ravens, so they were up 40 to nothing this week. I don't hear any... Oh, you guys all... That got really quiet real quick. Did you go to the... Millman, did you go go put hairspray? I don't even know know what to say. I have no response to any of that. It's the... Real grand rivalry between New Mexico and New Mexico State. It began in 1984. I, uh, 1894, I should say. I have, I, I have no idea. I don't even know. Sure, I, I guess. I have no idea. I can't even tell you anything about, thing about these teams. The, oh, they're the Lobos? Well, I know that. I mean, oh, if, okay. if, if, you say, if you say so, if you say this is going to work, and I, don't, I, I, don't, I can't even throw a challenge flag. I don't even know what I'm challenging. The uh, New Mexico State team. Aggies. 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 Yeah. And the New Mexico As you're State laughing. Lobos. Um, right now, this line has dropped from seven, seven, from New Mexico being favored by seven and a half to New Mexico being favored by six. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I am going all in on the Paul LaDuca Express. 
So we're on New Mexico State? Is that what we're saying? We're on New Mexico. New Mexico. <laughs> oh. I mean, like... <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> wow. Wow. We're on New Mexico minus six. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And can we get some clinical help for you soon? I feel like the line is going... It's clearly going in the other direction. Yeah, but that's because you're reading it that way. No, I... There's only one way to read it. It's opened at seven and a half. Now it's at six. It's going in the other direction. Yeah, that's fine. Let everybody else lose. That's why there's big buildings in Vegas. I feel like the wise guys are playing uh, New Mexico State here. Okay. Throw the challenge flag then. <sighs> wow, Schwartz with what, the like, like the half, like I'm almost got a turtle head coming out. Like, uh, uh, uh. Well, Colin like, has like, a New Mexico State plus eight and a half. I don't even know. I I can't. I, I don't think I can throw a challenge flag, Chad, because I don't even know anything about this matchup. Like out of all the games this weekend, he chooses the most obscure one. Well, if they had the lineup <laughs> for the Southern Utah Thunderbirds, who are playing U of A in the Kevin or the uh, the Kevin Sumlin, I mean Wildcats. I went to Arizona State, and, and I even want to bet Arizona, but the line's not up yet. But I was going to give you that one, but I figured the Southern Utah Thunderbirds would have thrown Millman for a real big loop. This game uh, has the uh, – in the Mountain West – I'm looking at our app right now. In the Mountain West, this has the second most bets so far of any game in the Mountain West. New Mexico State scored 30 points in three games. You, myself, Ford, Schwartz, and his brother can score 30 points at the college level right now. Spit, you put me at flanker? I'm catching three or four passes. Easy. I said, By the way, I Ford is, is Matt Ford. Like from the 1980s. Flaker. Ford is Matt Ford, who's <laughs> the producer of the podcast. Yeah, he came on the podcast. Right. You okay, Chad? What? Seriously. I mean, your son's got, what you, do you, mean? Ra- your son's got you rattled. We, my, my, Matt Ford was on the podcast earlier. You don't have to reintroduce him. When was he, he on the podcast? He on the podcast Paul. Yeah, he said. He, I told you, Matt. Read this. Philadelphia minus three. You guys don't even remember that. Both of you guys are shot. I'm the, I'm the crazy one. <laughs> All right, is it my turn? Are we? Is it? Am I? Yes. We're, I think we're taking up. New Mexico minus six. I'm looking forward to your take on like Jackson State against Tennessee Western. You're lucky that line's not up. <laughs> <laughs> Our Pittsburgh is a five, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a five point favorite against the Kansas City Chiefs. That line feels huge to me. Patrick Mahomes may be the greatest quarterback. Oh yes, Millman. There's no way I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs plus five. Um, wow, well, you're balking at this, Schwartzy. I know you're, well, a, you're, you're, you're a Chiefs fan here with your brother. I am a Chiefs fan. You know fan. I love Mahomes. I've been on him. The one problem that I have with this, with this game and why I personally probably – well, I'm generally not touching the, the, a, um, the Chiefs this year just because my brother's on the team and I'd rather not like wa- watch a game as a fan um, – is Pittsburgh kind of owns the Chiefs um, the last uh, three years they've played. Um, and they do something on offense – where the Chiefs have had trouble blocking it. They basically just run the same run play over and over again from the same personnel grouping. And the Chiefs 
cannot find a way to stop it because of their what they do on defense. But the games have been close. Pittsburgh has won uh, by two the last time and six the last time. So the games are relatively close normally. So that, that gives me some positivity towards this here. Um, but I just – the Chiefs just don't play well against the Steelers. That's not really logical reasoning. You were so all in. Like the first, the first part of the argument was amazing. The Steelers run <laughs> a particular play that the Chiefs can't stop. That makes sense. Like when you were saying that, I was thinking right. to myself, I hope he throws a challenge flag. And then you backtracked on well, me. Because, they, because the games like, have been close, but I just I, – I can't pull the trigger on the Chiefs. I don't feel very confident in this because I don't know. Well, I guess Mahomes be on the road. Steelers got embarrassed last week. Or I mean, this week, I should say. Um, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about this game. But not, I, enough, but not enough to challenge it. What do you think, Paul? It's a tough challenge because you know me. I like Mahomes. And I still think Kansas City's got the most talented team or one of the most talented teams in, in the AFC. And. They proved it today. The, the worry is, is the points. They, the, the, the Kansas City defense can give up points. Where's the Pittsburgh offense at? Where's Le'Veon Bell going to be? Well, he ain't playing. He's yeah. not playing. I mean, they did not look good, but you're right. Like, What's going to really happen in this game? But I, I think the Chiefs were going to be the surprise team all year. So I'm down let's, with this because right, I like let's keep it. Let's do it then. Chiefs okay. plus hey, Jeff, the points. Yes. What do, you th- what do you think is happening in that Steelers locker room? With regard to Le'Veon Bell, is he like just a jerk? So I explained this the other day, uh, um, and I'll, I'll have you do it here. So I think what happened was, well, I, I know what happened. The offensive linemen were told that he would be back um, on Wednesday, and he was not back on Wednesday. I think they tried to get in contact with him, and they couldn't do it. And so they went ahead and, and obviously spoke out, and that's unusual for offensive linemen to go out and be so vocal um, especially when they talk about someone's money. The, the problem I have with this, a couple of things, is people, of course, went out and jumped on the Steelers' offensive line, but they're not talking about his money. They've been rooting for him to get paid this entire time. They, they've been rooting for him to get paid on social media, um, on regular media. They, they've been cheering for him to get his money. They want him to get paid. However, where we're at now with the franchise tag rules and the start of the season, he cannot get paid any differently anymore. He is stuck on the one-year franchise tag. They're not going to trade him, first of all. They're not going to increase his franchise tag, which actually can happen. They're not going to do it. And the offensive lineman took took offense to his agent coming out and basically saying, like, yeah, he's sitting out now to pre- preserve his body for next season. And if you're in that locker room and you're one of those offensive linemen who wants to win now, I think it's hard for them to cheer for Le'Veon Bell to sit out so he's healthy to play for another team in 2019 when they could win with him now in 2018. So I get why they're angry about it. People made a huge deal about it. I don't know if it's that big, if it's that that crazy of a, of a deal, but that's why I think the Steelers' offensive linemen are upset. I'm pretty sure I know because I know they read my article I wrote and they yeah. um, and I they agreed with it. So I'm with you. Here's the problem, Chad. When you have a guy like that, you you hate as answering the questions. I think that's part of it that's going to the locker room because you're answering Le'Veon Bell questions and you get sick and tired of it when you have guys that are like problems or a guy strikes out with the bases loaded and he leaves and I'm answering his questions like, bro, I didn't even play today. And that's what ends up happening. That's what's going on in that clubhouse right now. That's actually that that's really interesting. Like part of it becomes people become resentful. Like, why are you we we just played a game. We didn't play that well. But like 
Why are you asking me about Le'Veon Bell and whether or not he could have helped us win this game? Well, He's I'm sure that got asked only... like 30 times. If Le'Veon's here, 30 times. Cry. Yeah, yeah. They get sick and tired of it. I used to, I, half of my problems were answering. I'd had problems with guys and got taken out of context or whatever. Like, go ask those guys. I didn't play today. I used to tell the guys, why are you asking me a question? I am not right. even playing today. Exactly. Yeah. I almost got beat up in a locker room once by Antonio Freeman. Really? Please, please do tell. Uh, this was in the like the late '90s, mid '90s, whatever. I just got out in college. I just got out of college, and I was working at Sports Illustrated, and I was covering a Packers Cowboys playoff game. And I can't remember if it was like to go to the Super Bowl or no, it might have been um, in the divisional playoffs, and maybe it was, maybe it was the NFC title game. But anyways, uh, Brett Favre threw an interception. Uh, Larry Brown intercepted the pass. That was when he went on and, and had that great game in the Super Bowl against the Steelers and had a couple interceptions in that game too. Intercepted this pass, and my assignment was to for Sports Illustrated was to break down the play. Like It happened a couple of times, so I had to go to the locker room and break down the play and get interviews and figure out what it was. First guy I see in the locker room is Antonio Freeman. And I had seen like on the sideline, I knew he was standing directly next to Holmgren um, when the play happened and when the play was called. So I went up to him, and I had been in the Packers locker room like 85 times that year because I had done a story about Leroy Butler, and the Packers were you know, one of the better teams, and they were starting to blow up. And so I was just, you know, when you're working for Sports Illustrated, you go yeah. to where the national game is. And um, like I was a reporter. I was like helping Peter King like on every story that he did. And um, I go up to Freeman, and I'm like, listen, I know you weren't on the field, but I saw you standing next to Holmgren. Can you tell me the name of the play? that was called that Larry Brown sort of picked off Brett Favre. And he looks at me and goes, I wasn't on the field. And I'm like, I know, but you were standing next to Holmgren and you're on the team, so I figured you would know the play. Can you just sort of give me the name of the play and tell me what's supposed to happen? He goes, what are you doing, a news chronicle? And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a news chronicle. And um, <laughs> he just looked at me like he wanted to kill me. And someone actually had to step in, like I think it was the the Packers PR guy, like stepped in between us. I wasn't stepping up to him; he was like going to kill me. Yes. Um, and then like he separated it, and like it didn't like elevate into anything. He just sort of said, "Okay, you know, let's move on." And um, then I went and spoke to Adam Timmerman, who was a lineman for the Packers, and he gave me everything I needed, and and it all worked out fine. But I never have forgotten the time that Antonio Freeman. Wanted to kill me because I asked him about a play after the game. I hated going into locker rooms. Hated it. Well, I think we felt the same way. So. We felt the same way. Don't worry It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I We used to do this thing at the magazine. We'd let like fans like come and like, you know, do stories and like call it the fan issue and stuff. So like I had a buddy of mine do a story actually at a Giants game, Jeff. And he went in after like for the locker room. And he was asking yeah. real questions. And, and he goes... I got to tell you, this is the stupidest thing. Like, if I had a bad day at work, I don't want someone coming to ask me questions about it like 15 minutes after as, I leave the office. As you're, showering, as you're showering yeah. naked and changing at the same time and trying to leave and get ice and like find like answer text messages and phone calls and figure out your plans. Yeah, it's kind of tough, isn't it? The fa- the, you know, my favorite part about it was is when you get 60 guys in your locker and you got one guy with his cassette in the back called Chad Millman. And the one guy asked a question in front. And then Chad Millman in the back asked the same question 
and you just answered it four other times, and then like you just start wanting to start killing people. After you just went over four with three strikeouts, and the guys <laughs> all up in your grill. And I remember one time, um, I was in Colorado, and I struck out with the bases loaded. And the reporter goes, oh, "Well, you know, what was your thought process when you went to home plate?" I was like, "You know what? My thought process was I cannot wait to swing at these three sliders in the dirt and strike out with the bases loaded." <laughs> that was my exact quote to him. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, and then it's like, seriously, that w- w- what do you think my thought process was? Like, you know, some of the questions that get asked, you understand, like, guys, there should be like a knockout card. You should have like, I've always said this because this will ha- help people stop being mean to other people. You should have one time a month be able just to lay somebody out and they got to stand there and take it. And then the card goes away. So you can't be addicted to people. It's like, if you're addicted to somebody, you're going to get knocked out like 10 times a month. Right? You should have a knockout card. If I was the president, you'd have a knockout card. You could knock out one guy a month. Well, our president may have a knockout card, so <laughs> we're not sure. <laughs> My last pick on this part of life, if we ever get to, the, ever, ever get to it, is the fighting Herm Edwards Sun Devils minus what? three and a half. Yes, I'll tell you why. Do you want me to sing the fight why. song? I'll tell you why. San Diego State, they're playing San Diego State. Um, they're three and a half point favorites. I'll tell you uh, for a couple reasons. So San Diego State, the problem they give teams is they run a 3-3-5 defense, which is very unique. It's a defense that's going to to start making its way in college football because it's a defense that helps against spread offenses, and you can attack from multiple different angles all over the place. You can rush six six defenders at all times, the three front guys, the three linebackers. You have a, a one of the five defensive backs, the 3-3-5, is a guy that they call – um, you know, Arizona State, they call him like the like the devil player or something like that. The sparky um, play. Sparky player, yeah. thank you. The sparky player. He can come from wherever. Because Arizona State, by the way, runs the same Named defense, the same, 3-3-5. Huh? the same 3-3-5. Three, the same 3-3-5 three, three, defense <laughs> that San Jose State runs because their D.C. from San Jose State is at Arizona State. So I think Arizona State will be uniquely ready for this contest. They already blew out UTSA. They obviously beat Michigan State this weekend. And... The worry that I think people are going to have is, well, they've started 2-0. and They're going to you know, feel good about themselves and not come out this weekend. I don't think Her- a Herm Edwards' team is going to be that type of team. The- everything they- they've done so far has shown that that's not who they are. And so I love-, I love Arizona State here. They might be the favorite to win the South right now in the Pac-12 Conference. Polly. Uh, listen, my, n- my number's retired there. I am in the ring of honor at Arizona State. Um, are you really? Yes, I am. I'm in the Hall of That's Fame. That's pretty there. cool. It's right, right in between Barry Bonds and Reggie Jackson. You heard of them too? Their last great football team was Jake the Snake Plumber. Okay, and they got beat by Ohio State in basically the Rose Bowl, or they win the national championship that year. They have not had anybody since. Brock Osweiler was a joke when he was there. Anyway, he just got drafted because he was tall. They finally actually got a guy that actually is thinking about defense in the Pac-12 with Herm Edwards. I think this is actually a great play. Sparky is finally going in the right direction, even though Homer Edwards doesn't even know what a sun devil is, which is was pretty amazing. By the way, <laughs> do you know what a sun true. devil is? I don't know. Herm doesn't know. He's the head coach. So a sun devil actually is a – I've been in the middle of one. It's actually in the middle of a desert. It's like a mini little tornado of dust. So tell Herm Edwards it doesn't mean the devil, okay? Wow. It's very educational on this. I, I, I am National Geographic as well, Chad. Okay? I did not know that. I honestly thought, like, is it an insect? Is it... <laughs> I, I actually... I had no idea. 
Do you like this pick, Chad? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like you're so happy now. You went from, a, you, from. It sounds like he doesn't want to have to argue this pick because we both are so passionate about it. He's just like, oh, whatever. I don't care. Just, just put it in. I'm it all in on Herm Edwards. I love Herm Edwards. I did, actually, I'm, I'm, I love it because um, as much as I like to make fun of Leduca, I forget that he was a phenomenal athlete and that like he is he's one of might be one of the best catchers who ever played baseball and i don't say that like there's a lot of great catchers in the hall of fame or whatever but like you know he's not a big guy and he was a really good athlete i think that's you know got you you see me eye to eye and you just like look and you go wow how much did paul pay you to say that by the way paul it's okay i got i don't see i I look right over your head that's okay but when I stand on my wallet, we're eye to eye. Chad, if you stand on top of Paul's shoulders, you'll be eye to eye with me. It's true. It's true. Um, but it is cool that Paul Laduca has his number retired at Arizona State. I appreciate Jeff, that. Jeff, is your number retired at Oregon? I don't think there's even a mention of me at Oregon. There's no mention of me at Indiana. Yeah, you bet on Marcus Mariota today, Chad. See? I know. <laughs> Did not go well for me. All right. Um, Jeff Schwartz, you went with Arizona State. It's Paul LaDuca's turn. Okay. We'll go to the NFL for this one. We saw what the Buffalo Bills brought to you today. I mean, a 47-3 to loss. I told you guys the Ravens were going to bury him. They did. The Bills are awful. And, and, and – the crazy part about it is that they didn't put Josh Allen in, which I don't, I don't understand. Schwartz, maybe you well, can they, explain they put after him in a, They put him in at some point. Yeah, at some point. But yeah. now they have the Chargers coming into town. Okay, now this game opened at 9. It's already gone down to 7.5. I don't want any part of the line. I want the under. The Chargers defense just got torched by KC. Now they're going go to go to, into Buffalo. And play way better after getting torched. You know after week one, whenever a defense gets torched, and a good defense, they're going to play better in week two. Buffalo is a disaster, and they'll play a little bit better. They had a lot of turnovers, and Baltimore scored 47 points on them by default. I don't see the Chargers scoring 47 points, and this under and over is inflated because of what you saw, 44? you got to jump on it now. This is a straight under game because the game should have went under today, under 42, even dropped to under 41 against Baltimore. Um, Baltimore covered him and it covered it itself. So to me, I think this is a good underplay. Are you worried that the Chargers can score a lot of points? Possibly. I don't know if they're going to put up forty-seven again like Baltimore did. I, I just see this game now being a little bit closer. Bal- Buffalo has to play a little bit at home after being just embarrassed. So we're at under forty-four and a half. That's what you're going with. Yes. Mercifully, we're here's where we are so pick. far. These are our eight. Picks: Giants plus three versus Dallas, Mizzou minus seven versus Purdue, BYU plus twenty-three versus Wisconsin, the Eagles minus three over Tampa Bay, uh, New Mexico minus six over New Mexico State, Kansas Can- City Chiefs plus five uh, at Pittsburgh, Arizona State minus three and a half. I've already forgotten who they're playing. San Diego State. San Diego State. That's right. With the. Uh, with the three three five, and then uh, San Diego Buffalo NFL game under forty four and a half. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready for the last pick? Are you I ready? Think, I, don't, I don't think I am, but go ahead. Are you ready for the to be thunderstruck by the bold stallion choice that I'm making? 
<laughs> wow. I can't wait. It's riveting. Jacksonville. Oh minus one and a half. Against the Patriots. <laughs> I mean. Against the New England Patriots. Oh, yikes. Wow, I learned my lesson today. I literally put all of my Skrilla on the Houston Texans. Had no chance of covering. I literally, Deshaun Watson, first snap of the game, he fumbles. And everybody's waiting for him to come back, including me. I'm so John Doe to play them, it's a joke. And now you're asking me for Blake Bortles to beat Tom Brady. I mean, like... I'm that's asking a, that's you for like, Blake Bortles. Oh play the percentages, Polly. I'm asking you to play a, an, an incredible defense at home, a defense that, that made Tom Brady struggle last year on the road. I'm asking you to play them at home in the Florida heat. The Patriots did not get challenged today. And people are going to think, oh, my God, they're so good. They beat the Texans. We were all fooled by the Texans. Maybe they're going to turn around and be a better team. But they were not a good team today. The Patriots did not get challenged today. They're going to go into Jacksonville. It is going to be a much, much harder game. Give me the home team as a short favorite in the Florida Heat with one of the best defenses in the NFL. I promise you this will not be the game that keeps us from retiring to Del Boca Vista. Schwartzy, there's a lot of heavy breathing over there. <laughs> I think the what, what's the line, the line is at now? Uh, Schwartzy just seems confused right now. It's a it's at a pick 'em. I think that matter. Um, <laughs> I just what like does mean, uh, I just have a general rule against against. Uh, Betting four Blake Bortles against Tom Brady, <laughs> just like, oh man. Um, I will New say, England gonna... is now New England is a one and a half point favorite right now. There is no way I I've even read the point spread wrong. Now I'm even more convinced. There is no 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 way Jacksonville doesn't cover in this game if not win outright. Well, then we can blame you if we lose our parlay now. You sure your like... favorite movie isn't Catch Me If You Can, Millman? I don't know what it means. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Uh, am I like trying to, to scam you guys? Yeah, you, you, your sell job is so good. Like you pass the bar exam, you become a doctor. You're selling this like <laughs> unbelievable right now. Like like to the point that like I, I'm almost on the Jacksonville bandwagon with Blake you, Bortles who they turn, I mean, oh my God, Blake you Bortles. You call it a sell job. He, I have gray Polly. hair because of guys like Blake Bortles. You know that? You call it a sell job. I call it leadership. Here we go. Our 19 parlay. Our 19 parlay, $20 in, $19,000 out, something crazy odds. Giants plus three versus the Dallas Cowboys. Missouri minus seven. BYU plus 23 versus Wisconsin. The Philadelphia Eagles minus three over Tampa Bay. New Mexico minus six over New Mexico State. Kansas City plus five versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Arizona State, where Paul LaDuca's number is retired, minus three and a half against San Diego State. Los Angeles Chargers, Buffalo Bills, under 44 and a half. The Jacksonville Jaguars, plus one and a half versus the New England Patriots. 
That is nine teamer. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been The Favorites, The Parlay Show. You can check us out again on Wednesday, The Favorites, when I will have Bob Scucci, bookmaker for the Orleans and all the Boyd Gaming books on the podcast. We'll break down where the markets are going and what the wise guys are doing. Thank you. Download, subscribe, resubscribe, rate, and review. This has been The Favorites from the Action Network. <laughs>